0: What's up, podcast? This is Matchalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matchalava. And today is Tuesday, April 26, 2022, and it's been a busy day. I just, every day is a busy day, and I did have a lot of things I wanted to knock out today. Got a lot of them done, but. Sometimes life gets in the way and you kind of have to do a detour around some of the things that you had planned and and it's unfortunate when that happens. I don't necessarily like when that happens but sometimes those sorts of things come up and so that ended up being what happened today. I had some things, personal things that weren't necessarily like bad or anything like that but just things that I need to do just for like general life and so like sometimes I'll have like a dentist appointment or sometimes I'll have to take my car and do something with it. Um, and I had a couple of those things just spring up today that I was like ah, I didn't I didn't plan on these happening, but they need to be done today so I ended up tending to those. And so sometimes that happens and from day to day you can kind of have those sorts of things happen in your life. but I heard somebody describe it as uh, I don't I don't know who it was. I think it was somebody on some business podcast I was listening to, but they basically said I used to get really uptight about having to deal with personal things during like work hours when I was working for myself or when I first started. And he ended up saying basically something to the tune of, I I soon realized that it was one of the things that was a benefit of my job that I can tend to those things while it's work because I can work at different hours and my job's a lot more flexible and it's suited to fit me. And that's something I've kind of taken in. I, I try and always stay on task and I'm always getting things done. But when something springs up that I need to tend to, I have the ability to do it during my day-to-day whereas when things like that happened and I was at my 9-to-5 I didn't have that ability and sometimes it was very frustrating, sometimes it really made my life difficult trying to get different things done just something as simple as like a doctor's appointment, if your doctor's an hour and a half away from work and you can't leave an hour and a half early you have to try and schedule it for after work or take some personal time and Typically, I didn't have to take personal time or anything like that, but it was always a pain just to try and make those things work together, and it was a shame for me. I always thought that I couldn't just do the work at a different time in order to fit that doctor's appointment in, either show up early or or you know, stay a little bit later. The problem was I had a job that was very, very, like, revolved around being there at a certain amount of time and for certain times of the day just because there are people on staff that I need to be able to work with in case something broke. So that was kind of the thing that that was really difficult about that job was trying to Like make regular life fit with it, even though there were certain times I had to be there and certain times that uh, really only certain tasks I could do while I was at the job. And so that's one of the things I appreciate about reselling full-time, and it's one of the things that's been a huge blessing about reselling and something that I kind of always look at and just kind of am thankful for that I have that ability to do that right now. And so anyway, today was a good day. There wasn't a ton of releases. We had one release this morning, and... That's really about it. And so let's touch on that real quick. Let's kind of touch on a couple things I did today. And then we can wrap it up and maybe talk about some of the things coming up in the rest of the week. So we had one release today that I can really think of that I went for. And it was a Jordan 1 Low Women's Aluminum Colorway clean looking shoe if you went for the jordan one mid women's aluminums those are doing absolutely phenomenal right now i saw resale prices around 250 which is kind of crazy to me they're like a wolf gray aluminum i'm pretty sure is what they're called and they're they're clean they're just a really nice looking shoe i didn't expect prices to climb up to that a lot of people did a lot of people bought a bunch of them and they did really well for themselves and so these aluminum jordan one lows have pretty good resale i think the price is around 100 or 110 bucks. I went for them. Prices resale wise were around 160 to 170. It's kind of tight now with eBay doing fees. So eBay upped their fees I think in February, January or February they upped it to about 8% from the 0% that they had done for about a year or 2 years on sneakers over 100 bucks. And so that's kind of taking a huge hit to my profit margins for sneakers. I knew that was going to happen eventually just because no site can run forever on zero fees with an authentication process like they had. And so they needed to be able to cover that some way or the other because they have uh, people that are relying on them to make money. And so investors are probably going, Hey, when are you gonna raise fees for this? We have this sneaker authentication program and you're trying to compete with all these other sites. When are you gonna raise fees? And so eBay raised fees this year, and that's been a huge hit to a lot of sellers because they're now paying 8% on all these pairs of shoes they sell. And for me, that was a great way to make money for those couple of years because I'd get a pair of shoes for hundred bucks and I could literally sell it for $130, $140, or even a little bit above that. And after shipping was said and done, I could still make 30, 40 bucks on a pair of shoes. Now margins are being cut slimmer. Now I may be making 30 bucks on the high end, maybe 20 bucks on the low end, which is just kind of sucks because you want to be able to make as much money as possible on these pairs and ebay's taking a much larger cut than they were before so just keep that in mind if you're doing sneakers they're no longer doing the zero percent fees they're still lower than StockX and goat and a couple of the other marketplaces but they're still high i mean eight percent's eight percent it's going to take a decent cut out of your margins especially if you're selling higher end shoes things like yeezys things like the nicer nike collabs you're going to lose a lot more money on those on ebay now so that's kind of something that i wasn't looking forward to but i still thought there was enough profit in them to make money and the thing that i do for releases like that is i go for the very hard to get but very profitable sizes and the reason for that is i don't want the shoes if they're not in a profitable size anyway so i think sizes is 10 and a half 11 11 and a half 12 those are all very common men's sizes when you're going from women's to men's sizes so this is a women's shoe you subtract a size and a half off and you get the men's size so 10 and a half 11 12 like those sorts of shoe sizes they are correlated to men's sizes very well because the most common men's sizes are like anything from like a 10 to an 11 but there's plenty of guys with size nine feet as well so you know anything from 10 and a half upwards and women's shoes typically work because i think they cap it off at about 12 women's whenever they're doing nike shoes and stuff like that so overall that is kind of the way that i go for shoes that i'm not as all in on now obviously if it had been a union collab or a really nice off-white collab not like the trash blazer lows that they had uh the other day i don't where those blazer i don't know what they were called i think they were blazer lows but they were like the ugliest shoes i've ever seen and i i went on twitter to look at what people were saying about them and like there were plenty of people that were like oh i'm so excited i got this off-white collab um and i just looked at them and thought those are the ugliest shoes i've ever seen in my life They're, they were hideous and so either way they wasn't like it was an off weight it wasn't like it was a union it was just a standard jordan one low and prices were middling they were good if you got a really nice size so i just go for the best sizes whenever i see that prices aren't all really high that way i try and maximize profit and hey if i don't get the shoe that's fine there wasn't huge profit anyways in the lower sizes that had more stock so that's kind of my strategy for that outside of that though there really wasn't too much there was a target release this morning so that was cool cards came out on target and they there were some decent card sets it was a mess and target site's been a mess recently i've just noticed that there's been issues with they made some sort of change on the back end and if you bought target you've probably noticed this a lot but they made changes where it's like really affected a lot of bots but also affected the manual experience. I remember going for stuff on Target before. The manual experience sucked because there was a lot of bot competition, but you could still check out. And today, it took me probably 15, 20 minutes to just check out uh, one of the items they released, which was kind of a bummer, but I ended up getting a checkout. So I'll get some Panini cards and sometime hopefully end of this week beginning of next week and i'll probably end up holding those because i do like holding some of these sets of cards especially like some of the lower end sets of panini nfl i found good value in holding some of those and so like i remember i walked into my target and they had a bunch of contenders blaster boxes from 2020 sitting there and i remember i looked at them and thought okay we have trevor lawrence no 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 not trevor lawrence we have justin herbert and who are some of the other ones i think uh I think Justin Herbert was in that class and then there was another really good quarterback in that class that I can't remember right now but there are like two or three really really good QBs that came out in that 2020 class and they were all studs and so whenever you have a bunch of good rookie QBs in a quarterback class quarterback cards do the best for Panini NFL cards and so That was one of the things I looked at and thought, well, these contenders boxes from last year are doing pretty well, and they didn't even have a ton of good quarterbacks like we had this year, and so I scooped up as many of those blasters as I could. I think it was like check out two per person, so I went back multiple days, and I think I actually actually hit a couple around the store and went back and picked them up, and I ended up doing really well on them. I think. Retail, they were about twenty bucks. People just let them sit on the shelf because they weren't profitable. I waited for about a year, and I think I sold them for like sixty or eighty bucks a box, which was just a crazy flip. I was happy with that, especially for a lower end sports cards like the Contenders. They weren't necessarily thought of as a good card, and I was able to make money on those. And I think the same thing with the Chronicles. I did well with the Chron- the Chronicles draft picks for the same year. Again, good quarterbacks in the class, kind of a lower end product, but I got the mega boxes, and I think they were like somewhere between 40 and $60 a box and ended up flipping them for around 120 bucks a box. So just keep that in mind. Now that doesn't go for all boxes and that's not investment advice, but keep that in mind. If you're looking at some of these boxes, maybe look at previous years and see if they performed well over time. Some of them that may not be super profitable now may turn out to be profitable in the upcoming years especially if they have some good quarterbacks if you really believe in the quarterback class this year i really don't but like if you really did or you really believed in a class previously you could probably have seen some appreciation in those boxes because what happens is when these quarterbacks really perform those those boxes get priced out and so it's really tough to be able to get a good set of cards that you could have a chance of pulling one of those high-end rookie QBs out of because so many people like it's so desirable to get a prism set or to get a Donruss optic set of those that people end up going and opting to get some of these lower end sets because they're more affordable and so that's what I did and there's always buyers for stuff like that so that was kind of cool I'm just kind of more cautious to hold cards now because I've been holding a lot of NBA cards and obviously Penny printed the NBA cards like through the roof and so now they're not worth as much as they used to be kind of a bummer should have sold some of those more and so I'm just kind of getting into the the flow of selling more of my cards now just because I'm not comfortable holding stuff that I'm not super like knowledgeable in I know a little bit to be dangerous and a little bit to make money but not like some of these huge card collectors I never got into it that much I probably should have in the early days of it but it is what it is if you did you made money if you didn't you could still make some money now so that's kind of what I'm doing I just take little shots and hopefully they pan out and if they don't Cards don't lose their value that much that you couldn't make money on the boxes. And I don't think I've ever lost money on a box. Like if you have sealed wax, it really appreciates, it usually appreciates or holds value. So my thought process is if they don't appreciate at all i'll sell them the next year i probably won't lose any value on them and it would just be money that i had sitting there kind of sucks but then again i don't put like seven eight hundred nine hundred dollars into these i usually put like somewhere between one to two hundred bucks if i see a really nice set or one that i think will do well if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out i either lose a little bit of money like maybe like 10 20 bucks or i end up making money or it stays stagnant but the upside is much greater there for me so i kind of go and take that risk so anyway that's kind of my thoughts on today's releases not a ton today Kind of a boring day i've gotten out of selling a lot of the stuff that i like to sell which is kind of weird but looking at ebay and looking how they're treating some of the people that have been doing what i'm doing but at a larger scale i think that ebay doesn't necessarily prefer that because they want to see people with a lot of invoices and a lot of not like one-off items but like kind of normalized stuff so sort of like an amazon seller would have and so for me I'm, i'm sitting there going okay well this makes sense i i should kind of do what ebay wants and one-offs of sneakers and stuff like that is fine but it's not like i it's not like that's a normal thing to sell on ebay trying to get your store kind of centered around one thing or going into amazon or doing some other different things that's kind of what i'm looking at now it's a little bit of a transition and that's not me saying you shouldn't do reselling you shouldn't do garage sales and stuff like that but i do think that i do think that there's the opportunity to be able to make a lot of money on eBay and not have to deal with some of the things that some of these other buyers and sellers were were dealing with before. So that's just kind of my thoughts on it. It's kind of a way to make sure that I'm doing the, the right thing by my store and trying to make sure that I am selling items that I am able to get multiples and multiples of instead of just one-offs it saves me a lot of time and so that's kind of something I've been looking into trying to figure out better ways to source inventory to get multiples of them going to wholesalers and things like that so anyway that's kind of my thoughts it's what I've been working on right now it's kind of a slow grind it's kind of starting over a little bit it feels like so I've been doing a lot of that doing a lot of Amazon research concurrently which has kind of been interesting and then just studying Python and that's been the same thing every day wake up do some Amazon study Python hit a lift get more work done in the evening and then go to bed. And that's been the daily routine this week and I like it. So hopefully start finding more items here soon and then be able to outsource that to a VA and that's kind of my plan so far. So if you kind of like that and you want to learn more about Amazon, I'll keep sharing what I know here. Right now, I'm not learning a whole ton. Um, I mean, I'm learning a lot, but it's not anything that I can take super large amounts of action on just because I haven't found a ton of items yet. But as I refine my skills and stuff, I'll be sure to share a lot of the ways that I find items and a lot of the ways that have been helpful for me and some of the tools. And so maybe I'll, I'll leave you with this. The one tool that's been super helpful for me has been a Chrome extension. It's called My UPC Finder. And it's like this Chrome extension that if you're doing a lot of online arbitrage, you can go onto different sites and it'll actually go and pull the UPC code out of the website and bring it onto just this Chrome extension for you. And it has a bunch of buttons on there. And one of them is like an eBay sold button. So you can actually search eBay by the UPC code and it'll bring up the item. If anybody's put that UPC code in the item specifics, it'll bring up that exact item for you and all of the listings that have had that item with that UPC. And so it's typically the most accurate way to find an item on eBay. It doesn't always give you all the results, but if you find an item that has that UPC code, chances are it's the exact same item and you can be sure of that because each individual item has its own UPC code. And so it's a quick way to be able to do research on eBay and on Amazon. And I found it a very fast, like efficient way, rather than trying to type out a couple keywords on eBay or the whole title, I just go, I click on that extension and then I click the eBay button that has like the eBay dollar sign on it on the Chrome extension. And if you find it and you download it, you'll, you'll see what I mean. But it brings up the exact item on eBay for you. And it'll actually bring it up as a sold results, which is like an added bonus. So overall, I think that's a huge like win for me. It's a a good extension. I think it's like seven bucks a month. So it's pretty cheap, but definitely make sure if you want to get that, that you use it because it is very helpful. So anyway, that's my one little bit of like helpful information for you today, but I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Tuesday and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.